Welcome to Fit Inspired Mama Podcast. This is Nishma Karim, your host. I'm here today because I'm a huge believer of supporting women in their achievements. I record and talk to live, beautiful women who not only support other women, but have a story they want the world to know. We encourage each other with no judgment, comparison, or jealousy. Come and listen in. You will be amazed with how many people out there have maybe the same story as you. See you inside. Hi, I am so glad you are here listening in. I am here with a beautiful solo mom who inspires others and helps widows rebuild and find their true self. Her story is remarkable. I am talking to Zara Kaku. Grab your favorite drink and get cozy because you may get some tears in today's conversation. Here she is. I am so excited to introduce you to Zara Kaku. She is one of my favorite solo moms who has managed to take control of her life and energy and has always, always allowed herself to help others to do the same. She is an amazing mom and I'm extremely excited to have her here with me today on my podcast. Thank you, Zara, for being here today. Thank you. I'm honored to be here with you as well. I'm, I, I've been looking forward to this all week, so I can't, I can't wait for our chat today. <laughs> um, are you able to please introduce yourself to everyone and just let us know what you do and where are you from? Sure. Um, so my name is Zara Kaku. I am one of the few people in Calgary that's been born and raised here in Calgary. In Calgary, it's kind of one of those things. Somebody who is born and raised is a rare commodity, uh, you know, like a white rhinoceros. And that's, uh, that's basically what I am. Born and raised in Calgary. I've lived my whole life in Calgary. I didn't even go away for university. It's, it's been, Calgary's been my life. And so um, with that, I am also a professional solo mom coach. I help women who are feeling overwhelmed and exhausted manage their lives better so that they can take back control of their time and energy. That's amazing. You have inspired me since the day one that I have seen you doing this ever since on media. And I have been like, wow, she is She's amazing at what she's doing. There's something about her that I want to just connect to. And that's why I brought you here because there's just so much energy, such good energy that I've been wanting to talk to you about. So let's let's start talking. As you guys all know, I'm from Calgary too. This is how I know Zara since we were little kids. I was running around with her sister everywhere. <laughs> we were like best friends, her younger one. And then from there, um, since I've grown up now, I think... I'm at a different kind of a level, though, though I moved away, we're still kind of connected. Hey, we're just our community so close. We're so connected. We get to see each other all the time. It doesn't matter where we are. So it's, it's such a great, great way of just being able to see what you're doing. I want you to tell us a lot about you. This is why we're here today. I want to know you, why you're here, how you started this entire thing, because there's a story a background story that I want everyone to know. And this is one of the biggest stories that I think is so important because this is why you are where you are today. 
So give us a rundown of your story and what happened in your past years. Sure. So um, I got married at the age of 23 to my superman. Um, you know, he was uh, an amazing man. He, uh, everybody loved and adored him in our mosque. And I was the girl that came from a different mosque that stole him away from all the girls in that mosque. And so <laughs> our, our relationship sort of started uh, as friends. And then we ended up, you know, dating and we were married within two years. And I was, I was married at, at a young age of 23. And we had this wonderful marriage. However, when we first got married, we, we talked about having children and I wasn't ready. Like I felt like I was too young to be a mom. Like I felt like I was still a child somewhat. And, and I didn't feel comfortable having a child of my own at that point. And then a couple of years later, I felt comfortable having a child and we ended up struggling to have a child. So it took us nine years to get pregnant. And so luckily after nine years, we were blessed with my daughter and she came into our lives in 2009 and we were both so excited to have her in our lives. And we finally felt like we were a family. Mm -hmm. And in 2014, February, our dream fairy tale uh, got turned upside down. My husband, um, the kind, caring, selfless man, was diagnosed with oral cancer. Uh, the three words, the three worst words that you could ever hear is, you have cancer. And we were thrown into the hell of cancer and treatments. We kept positive through all of it because we were hopeful that, you know, we could come out of it. We, we were strong in our faith. We were strong in uh, our love. We were strong in all of that. And we were just so hopeful that if we just rid the course of the treatments, we did everything that we were told to do. And we had faith, everything would work out. And so when the treatments ended, they had told us that they had got the cancer. And so we were excited. Uh, there were some lifestyle changes that needed to happen because uh, it was in his cheek. And so there was the adjustments with how to eat and, and all of that sort of stuff. And about three months after the treatments had stopped, he started going through pain again. And so we were seeing the doctors again. And this time was probably the worst words you could hear. And the doctors told us that the cancer was back and that um, he only had six months to live and it was terminal. So exactly six months to that day, he passed away peacefully in hospice and Zianna, our daughter was five at the time. So that's kind of where my story begins. Um, it's when you go through something traumatic like that, you, um, you, you look at death in the eyes and you realize how short and precious life is. And I realized that I was living my life like I was immortal and I didn't have an end and I could do whatever I wanted. And, um, you know, that was not the case. And I, once that happened, I felt like, oh my God, I, I can't take my life for granted. And every breath that you take on this earth is a breath towards your goal. 
And so that's when I realized that I was created by God for greatness and I need to live my purpose. <laughs> I just want to cry. You have no I idea. Know. Because I've known Arif since I was a child. Um, we all did from our mosque, right? Uh, yeah. We grew up with each other. They, we used to have pizza night, movie night, and he used to do them all. My sister uh, was very close to him since growing up. Uh, they used to be like friends, like good friends, you know? And then my mom and dad would be like worried, like what's going on? How old is he and how old is she? But you know, they were just really good friends. Yeah. Um, he would make fun of me the way that I would drive. <laughs> <laughs> he used to really make fun of me because I just got my license. Um, but then, you know, we all grow up and things just kind of went the opposite you know he met you then he met other things and he got married and we were all in different worlds at the time but um he was a very very amazing man he really was he was a big huge volunteer in our mosque and he took care of everyone no matter what it was so when you talk about this it gives me shivers because i remember him fully as a child so what i learned about your story is within moments within seconds, something can, can be taken away from you. And you yeah. have no clue about that. You have no clue what's going to happen today, what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> thanks for the, the tears. <laughs> um, it, it really bothers me because I've gone through that with my parents where one minute we're all family and then one minute we're we're all separated. Um, one minute we have our loved ones with us and one second where it's gone. Like, where did it go? That's how emotional the story is to me. The most emotional time though is when we lose someone. So when I talk to you about this, I ask you when other moms are listening or anyone that's listening, especially the loss of their partners or anyone, what's your biggest advice for that? So um, it's, it's big, uh, you know, going through loss is, is tough. And um, you, I, I'm going to first say you're, you're not going to be the same person you were before, you know, like it, if, if it happens on Monday, the girl on Monday is not the same girl on Tuesday, you know, it, it's that instant that you change, you, you immediately change who you are, your whole outlook on life, everything changes. Um, and I would say the first thing would be to give yourself grace, you know, uh, grace to cry, grace to feel sad for as long as you need to. And grace to also mourn the loss of the person you love, but also mourn the loss of that girl or that woman that was lost as well. Because that that woman is not going to come back and, and she might come back even better and stronger, but that woman is no longer there. And so to mourn that again um, is, is part of it and really be okay with however long it takes. I know people will say, you know, like, okay, get over it now or, or, you know, and if you need to take three months, six months, two years, take as long as you can give yourself grace. And then second, I would say is, um, grief gives you something called um, widow fog is what it's called for widows. And you, you end up because there's just so much going on with you that you end up in this like fog zone through grief. And so really 
um, learning how to function in that new brain state that you're in. And so for me, it was, I needed to write things down and, you know, and just minor things, you know, like go grocery shopping. I had to write those things down because I would forget the fog would take over and I wouldn't be able to do it. And then the other thing I would say is learn to outsource. There's going to be tons of people that are going to be coming to you and asking you for help. And part of the problem is, is that when people come and they ask you for help, they say, if you need anything, let me know. And then we, as the people who are going through the grief, we don't know what we need at that point. And so we don't know what to say to you when you say, if you need anything, come to me. And so I would say advice to people who have friends that are, are mourning or going through grief is to be specific, you know, can I bring you dinner on such and such date? Or can I cook four or five dinners for you? And also for the person who is going through grief to be more open and ask, you know, I actually need to go grocery shopping. Can you watch my kids for me for a couple of hours, you know? And so really learning that whole asking for help piece, because you're going to need it throughout the whole process as you go through everything. And then the last thing I would say is practice self-care. If you need to take some time, be alone, you know, do it, take care of yourself. If you need to pour a big glass of wine and drink that whole bottle, do it. You you, you just, just do what you need to do. If you need to be with the door closed, crying, then do it and really practice that self-care for, for yourself. And, and that's going to help you through all the emotions that are going to come your way. That's so beautiful. A lot of these moms will love to hear all of these because it's so true. The biggest thing for me though, is when I see you, I see that now after Arif is gone, you have your one little child with you and asking for help must have been kind of difficult for you at the time yes how did you overcome that how did you do this as a solo mom how did you bring up that beautiful child of yours so I have an amazing supportive family I I will say and so I'm fortunate to have uh, my sister here she helps me out a lot Um, my parents help me out a lot and my in-laws actually help me out a lot so I do have a lot of that inner circle help. But also I have amazing friends that, you know, in the early days that came to me and said, um, you know, and one friend in particular was one of those friends that didn't come to me and say, is there anything I can do for you? She said, I'm taking Zianna for a couple of hours, you know, and she was one of those friends that actually I'm bringing dinner over on such and such date, you know, and so that really helped. And that really got me feeling open with her so that I could ask her for help. And so to this day, when I need something, she's probably like the next one on my list after I've exhausted my family (laughs) is is this this friend, you know, and so um, I'm fortunate that I have a lot of people. But I think if you're you know, in this situation, and you're feeling like you want to ask for help, or how how are you going to do all of this is definitely ask for help. And if you don't have people in your circle that you can ask for help for, um, definitely reach out to other services that are out there in your community, in in places, Um, you know, definitely, if you're attached to like a counselor or something like that, then asking them if there's any uh, resources that can help as well with certain things. 
That's beautiful. I had such a hard time asking for help when I was going yeah. a lot. And asking for help was was like as if I'm burdening them. But what I really liked about what you said is when someone wants to really truly help you, they won't just say, let me know if you need anything. It's, hey, I'm going to come and help you with something, or I'm going to come there and do something for you. And that is what I love about what you just said right now. That's amazing. With all this going on, everything that you're going through, and it, it seems like it's the year 2020 that has brought a lot of us together. Hey, a lot of us has like so much has happened. So there's something that you've started and I've been wanting to know from so long ago, what is this? And it's this Ula life that you've started. And though I do a lot of the things that you present and that you talk about, it's a different terminology and a different way of putting things together. So I really wanted to know what is Ula life and how did you start it? Sure. So uh, Ula is derived from the French word Ulala. And it's that feeling you get when you wake up and you are happy. And so Ula is about finding balance in seven key areas of your life. Fitness, finance, family, field, which is your career, faith, friends, and fun. And it is about the fact that where you are is just where you are. And it's not who you are. And that is one of the biggest lessons that I have learned from Ula. And then it teaches you to take small action steps each day so that you can reach your goals. So I found Ula in October, 2020. I had watched the Ula guys for a few years and I was drawn to the Ula framework because it just seemed like it was something that I could do and it wasn't overwhelming. And I started using the framework and I saw huge changes in my own life. And I felt like finally the puzzle was coming together. And then I wanted to start making a difference in other women's lives. And that is when I signed up to be an ULA certified life coach. And so now I'm an ULA certified life coach and I use the ULA principles to help other women find balance in their lives. And so it's been an amazing journey. It's uh, taught me so much and I've grown so much since October 2020 when you know if you see me then and you see me now I've, I've grown so much more due to Ula and it's just a new way of living and it's about living differently like what the Joneses are doing let the Joneses do it yeah. in Ula we don't care what the Joneses are doing we want to live differently and we want to make an impact in the world and we actually want to impact a billion lives so that is our mission at Ula. That's amazing. When you said the seven key areas of your life, um, you said fitness, finance, field, faith, friends, and fun. I call it the seven, uh, I would say the seven key areas of, no, what was I going to say? The seven diamond areas of your life. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I was like, no, it's, it's, it's a complete package, right? The only thing that's missing on this is nutrition. I'm sorry. I got to say that goes into the fitness category. So fitness is not just, it's not just about like working out and and things like that. It's about your whole actual fitness, which includes nutrition as well, because in Ula, we believe that 70% is actually what you put in your mouth, 20% is working out and 10% is rest and recovery. And so that's where the fitness 
part comes in. It's it's 70% is what you put in your mouth and consciously knowing what you put in your mouth. Yes, the ULA guys have donuts on their bus when they're traveling, (laughs) Um, but it's all about balance, right? And so you will have days where you want to have the donuts and then you're going to have to, you know, maybe do a little bit more exercise that day. Yeah. Um, Out of all of those, I I believe family is a really, really big thing. Um, it's so beautiful faith of course spirituality I this is where this is why we're here today our friends depending on who they are I think I've found more friends now than I ever did before only because I believe in myself more than I ever used to believe I don't know if you feel that same way I agree yeah and fun I have so much fun now because I'm able to be who I am today and I think that's what it is when you said you found Ula Life in October 2020, I remembered that I started my Instagram post in September of 2020. And the reason yeah. I'm bringing this up because you know that you and I have the same birthdays. So our Sagittarius, like our horoscope is so close together that we're we're actually moving in the same direction that we're supposed to. So I love this. Is, I just got chills so from that. <laughs> like, I love it. I just... Like you brought that up and I was like, oh my God, that's so cool because I started this fitness journey like on Instagram uh, in September. It was like, it was like perfect timing with everything. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is awesome. Like, I, yeah. I love it. This is why we're, we're connecting. We're I love it. <laughs> <laughs> There's one thing I have learned from you and I say it to everyone today only because I've read it in your stories, especially because of what happened with art. And that is to celebrate your life, celebrate your life. And when you had said that at some of your posts or your blogs or whatever you write, it's like celebrate your birthday. At one point, I remember my birthdays would come and go. I wouldn't care. And now when my birthdays come, I don't care. I celebrate in style. I celebrate with the people I want to celebrate. And I celebrate the fact that I'm alive. And that's from you. So the fact that you brought that and I was able to follow that, it showed me that how important you are in, in truly in a lot of people's lives. So give us, give us your take in that when you say celebrate your life, celebrate you in each moment we are alive. Give so I was going to talk about the birthday things, but when, when you asked me that question, I actually remembered life is so um, precious, but ironically enough, it's actually something I had learned from Arith. And I remember, I just remembered this recently and I remember him constantly, like him and I would, would argue sometimes about this because he could not go to bed before midnight. And I'd be like, why can't you just come to bed early? And he'd be like, no, I'm wasting my day. Like we're not meant to be on this earth to sleep. He said, we're meant to be on this earth to do what we can. And so when he, he felt that if he went to bed before midnight, the day was not done and he was wasting hours. And so that was something that I learned from him. I'm somebody who needs my sleep. Like I, I need to sleep. Yeah. And, and he was the night owl. And, and he always said to me, he said, you know, Zara, you're wasting your life sleeping. You know, there's so much more to life than to sleep, you know? And so I believe each day needs to be cherished now even more than I did then, um, because every day you wake up, you have one more day to make an impact on the world and leave a legacy. And so what do you want your legacy to be? 
and you want to make the most of it. And one of the things I do with my clients is I get them to write their obituary. And as much as that is morbid, it's when you write your obituary and I want you to put things on your obituary that you want to accomplish in life. So not as of right now, but what you want to have said in your obituary. And so if it's, you know, you want to be an author and you want to be, uh, you know, a philanthropist and you want to be somebody who has made a difference, you know, put that on your obituary. And then remember every day that you're living, if you're not working towards that obituary, then you're going to have to cross things off of that obituary. And are you okay with crossing things off of that obituary? Or do you want it to be exactly what you've written? And so that is where I try to get people to live their lives to the fullest. And so the birthday thing is a big one because Arf didn't like to celebrate birthdays as well. He was a very low-key guy and he never wanted to celebrate birthdays. And every year when his birthday comes up, I there's a picture of his last birthday that he spent. And I, and I paste, I put that picture, but it's because it's one of the only pictures I have of him on his birthday, because he didn't want to celebrate his birthday. And so part of it is I want you to celebrate your birthday with your family and to cherish life, but also make memories so that when you are gone, your family has those memories to look back on that were happy memories and not sad memories. Wow. I learned that from you and I celebrate it every single day. Like every time, even if it's not my birthday, it's my husband's birthday or my kid's birthday. I will make sure it's celebrated by with style. Like, I don't care what it is. Like COVID style, it's COVID style. <laughs> and, it's celebrated. and it's the funny part is it's never just celebration of your birthday. You're right. It's your life every single day. Just celebrate each moment like every win that you get, everything that you accomplish that day, celebrate that day. Celebrate the fact that you were able to accomplish one thing out of your to-do notes, you know, like something, but celebrate. And I think that's where a lot of people fail is to celebrate. And that's the reason why they are not able to finish the task that they want to do because they get bored or it's just nothing, it's not for them. And then by the time they're done their day, they didn't get any of it done because it was just, no motivation and that motivation comes from celebration that's yes, totally. so I'm so excited that you brought that in because I you're amazing that's all I have to say and thank you for doing that because of you I celebrate my life for that so thank you well I'm glad <laughs> <laughs> really seriously I I cannot believe how everyone's like oh what do you do on your birthdays I'm like I celebrate them every single day and I'm like I don't turn I don't care I'm turning 40 this year and even if I have to stay home and not be out like we were planning Bali in 2019 and it's not gonna happen now but <laughs> I'm still gonna celebrate it even if it's gonna be at home right so right make it most of it your ambition the things that you do, everything that has gone through with you, the solo mom life that you have, the greatness that you do with all these women, what you help them with and everything you do, you surely have a very big message in your story. And I want you to, I just want you to tell one thing or anything that you have a message to everyone, any woman out there, what is your biggest message? So my biggest message to women, um, to widows for, to start with is, um, I'm sorry, you're in the most elite club that nobody wants an invitation to. 
you know, um, however you're in this club for a reason. And as much as you want to curl up and cry and mourn, use your adversity to drive you towards your purpose. And remember that you have a life to live and that you get to continue on to live a life that your lost loved one did not get to live. And so that is my biggest drive is that I need to fulfill what he didn't get to fulfill, you know, and a, a bit, my biggest drive is obviously my daughter Zianna. She keeps me going every single day. Um, I always say that she was brought on this earth to be my angel and to take care of me. And so um, she keeps me going. She's uh, my best friend and we, you know, push each other and she, she definitely uh, keeps me going. So um, I would just say to, to the women out there, when you're feeling down, really pick yourself up and really use that adversity to push yourself forward and, and get out of it. And, you know, know that once you're out of it, there are other people that are going to be in the fire behind you that you can definitely help. And they can look up to you to help move themselves out of the fire as well. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh my God. Zara, you should uh, talk on Ted's show. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm serious. You would vote, you would get all these women come to your show. And I don't think I would stop. I would be there. For, I would be the first one in the first, in the first row too as well. You have a lot to share and I love it. I love your story. I love the fact that no matter what happened in life to you, you're able to move forward to that and now help others to not get to that stage. And the biggest message I see here is live for the moment. Any second, any minute, something can change. And it will, it's just like all of a sudden, something just went wrong. And no matter what happens in life, you should always be grateful that you had that moment and that you had that time. So don't waste time. Just like Arif said, don't waste time. Stay up till don't, midnight. No, don't do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> don't waste time. No, life is a precious gift and don't waste it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Zara, when there's a lot of other women that maybe want to talk to you, um, how would they get a hold of you? So I'm on Instagram as Zara Kaku. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, same name, Zara Kaku. And I have a website as well, which is zarakaku.com. And you can send me a message and we can chat. And if anybody is even going through the thick of things right now and just wants an ear to listen, uh, I'm definitely here for you for anything that you're going through. I love it. Thank you so much. Again, thank you so much for being here, taking your time, talking to me. It's so wonderful to have you here. You have no idea. And the fact that you're able to share your story to the world means a lot because this is going to help so many other women out there. And that is why I do what I do is to help them be themselves and to be able to be open. So they're able to see what's really going on everywhere in life. So thanks again so much for being Thank here. Thank you so much, Nishma. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. And if anyone else is watching this, please make sure that you subscribe below, make sure that you write a review, let us know how it goes. Other than that, have a wonderful time and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.